So Mitchell, I know it's the Christmas Eve gathering. So I tried to wear something Christmassy. I got the, the red shirt I have, the red shirt and some green pants, but it's cold outside. I feel like I need a jacket. So maybe you can help me out. Um, this is the only green jacket I have. So I brought it like, I know that it doesn't match at all. Like, like, like what do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's just definitely doesn't match. Okay, oh, oh, I got it, Mitchell. Okay, this is the one. Check this out. I know I need to wear this. That's just for Christmas Spectacular, though. Uh, okay. There's no, the pants, you can't, you gotta go full on or no. Okay, it's okay. It's Christmas Eve. You're right, it's Christmas Eve. Okay, we'll save that for Christmas Spectacular. Those are the only Christmas jackets I have. All I've got is just this blue jean jacket also. I mean, it's not Christmassy, but maybe, I don't know. I still have the red and green. This is this is the look. Okay. This is it. Yeah. Is that okay? When I think of Todd, I think of this. <laughs> Todd on Christmas Eve. All right. Perfect. I'm ready. So welcome to our online Christmas Eve gathering. If we haven't met, my name is Todd. Mitchell helped me get dressed today. And I'm just so thankful that you'd be with us. We wanted to create a special experience for all of you guys who are watching on YouTube, on Spotify, or listening to this. Um, and at the same time, this gives us the opportunity to give our broadcast team Christmas Eve off. So we hope that you are honored. We hope that they are honored. And we're just going to celebrate Christmas Eve together. So I'm going to begin with a question. And I just want to encourage you, like, be honest. Do you think God wants to spend time with you? And now I said be honest. So for those of you who may have followed Jesus for a while, or, or even if you don't follow him, but you grew up, grew up in church, you may be thinking like, duh, I got it. God loves me. Of course he wants to spend time with me. Blah, let's just move on. No, no. Like, do you think, like, do you believe that God wants to spend time with you? Do I believe that? Like, like not spend time with the, the guy or girl who's got it all together, but when we've absolutely blown it, does God still want to be with us and spend time with us? I think most of us think that when we're crushing it, God's pretty proud of us and he like, you know, kind of wants to be around. But all the other times, does God actually want to spend time with us? So whether you follow Jesus, whether you don't follow Jesus, whether you're exploring Jesus or someone's forcing you to watch this before you guys eat later today, like, like wherever you're at, what if we spent a few minutes and took this honest question to the Christmas story? That, that's what I'm inviting us to do today. To take however we are naturally kind of responding on the inside of that question and whatever our answer is, and let's just run it through the Christmas story as we ask the question, does God want to be with us? And so we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 7, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1. If you want to go there in your Bible or Bible app, we'll be in both those places. It's also going to be on the bottom of the screen when we get there, um, if you just want to do that. But this is the finale of our Christmas series called The Gift. See, giving gifts is a big part of Christmas. In fact, for some of you guys later on today or, or maybe tomorrow, but probably both for a lot of us, we're going to be giving and receiving gifts. There's some gifts that we really like. There's some that we're going to return. All of them we're going to pretend like we like. <laughs> um, whether or not we actually do, we'll pretend. Um, but when we think about the gift, we're talking about the fact that Jesus is the gift of Christmas. And, and what we've been asking in this series is, is, what does the gift of Jesus reveal about God? Because Jesus is God. And we'll talk more 
about that later. But, but what does the gift of Jesus reveal about God? In part one, Cody Finch did a phenomenal job kicking us off. And he helped us see that the gift of Jesus reveals him as our wonderful counselor, that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Last week, we talked about the gift of Jesus reveals him as our prince of peace. So we've talked about those. If you want to go back and, and watch or listen, again, you can find those on YouTube or Spotify. You got here, so you can probably find the other ones pretty easily. Um, but the question today is, okay, does the wonderful counselor and does the Prince of Peace actually want to be with me? Like, like when I'm bad and when I'm mean and when I'm rude and when I don't have it together, does the wonderful counselor and Prince of Peace want to be with me. To begin answering that, we'll start about 700 years, actually just a little over 700 years before Jesus' birth with a prophecy about his birth. And here is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Here's the prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this name of God, this name of, of Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. And know that this verse in Isaiah is not an isolated one-off in the Old Testament. No, no, this is echoing a theme of the Old Testament, that God wants to dwell among his people, that he wants to be with us. So does God want to spend time with you? Does God want to spend time with me? With this prophecy about Jesus says yes, because one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. So, so this is the prediction. But then when Jesus was born, it actually fulfilled this prediction. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, here's what is written. All this took place, this is the birth of Jesus, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that's Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, the, the gift of Jesus reveals that on our best days and on our worst days, God wants to be with us. The birth of Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. The birth of Jesus fulfills the long-established desire of God to be with us. Because here's what happened. God became a baby. <laughs> like God came to earth as a baby born to a poor family. And, and, and baby Jesus would become a refugee when he was barely a toddler as they would have to flee the country as parents would to protect him. Like he loves us so much that he, he went through all that, that he came in that way. That's how bad he wants to be with us. And this whole idea of Emmanuel and God with us, it, it's so important to Matthew. They actually bookends his gospel account with this idea. Now, now, Matthew was an eyewitness, which means he was one of Jesus' friends. He was a follower, and, and he literally spent time with Jesus. And then he wrote it down for us. And, and as he spent time with Jesus, and he gives us his gospel account, his account of Jesus' life, he starts in Matthew chapter 1 by saying, hey, one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. And then he ends the very last verse, the very last words that Matthew writes to us. Matthew 28, 20 says this, Jesus speaking, surely I am with you always to the end 
of the age. So he starts off by saying, hey, this little baby is God and God is now with us. And then Jesus, as he's about to return to his father, he has died, he has risen from the dead, he's about to return to his father. He says, hey, I want to let you know I'm still Emmanuel, I'm still with you, and I'm going to be with you, here's the key, forever. Like, I'm never leaving. And Well, how did he fulfill this prophecy if he ascended to the Father? Because he sent the Holy Spirit. See, God is one, yet he expresses himself in three unique ways. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we repent, that means turn from our way of living and turn towards Jesus. When we repent and we surrender to Jesus, we say, Jesus, you died and you rose again. Would you forgive me of my sins and would you be my king? Then guess what happens? God moves in. But the Holy Spirit literally dwells in us. He is God with us. He's Emmanuel. And that's how Jesus kept his promise. And if we go even farther, if we fast forward to time as we know it ending, here's what Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, it says, I mean, there's a, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and they become one. And here's what happens in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be there, God. At the end of time as we know it, what's happening? God is coming to be with us. See, what, what God did in Jesus, Jesus came into an unknowing world to people that were unwelcoming to him. But God's doing it in the end. He's, he's coming to be among us. He is bringing his comforting, healing, restorative presence, and he's going to be with us. So, so here's the thesis for our Christmas Eve talk, the, the big idea of this gathering. It's the same thing that I share with the kids on Christmas Spectacular after reading the Christmas story with them, and it's simply this. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. That Jesus wants to have a relationship with me. Kids, students, adults, no matter your age, no matter what you're walking through, no matter how you think think God views you, and whether or not you think God wants to spend time with you, the scriptures are showing us the birth of Jesus reveals that he wants to have a relationship with you. That's what the gift of Jesus reveals. He is Emmanuel, God with us. But if we're honest, some of you are still struggling with that. We're like, okay, I get the scriptures. I kind of get the Christmas story, like I'm, like I'm hearing you, but it's just not quite sinking in. Like, does he really desire me that much, even when I'm just a complete train wreck? So for the rest of our time, what we want to focus on is how Jesus came to be with us. Because if we can begin to wrap our minds around how Jesus came to be with us, I think it will help us grasp the immensity of his desire for us. So begin to understand how we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 14. John, like Matthew, was an eyewitness. He was one of Jesus' followers. And John actually takes the whole Christmas story and he basically summarizes it in one verse. And here's what John writes. The Word, that's Jesus. The Word became flesh, and here's the key phrase. He made His dwelling among us. 
He made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That Jesus became flesh. God put on a body and he made his dwelling among us. That means he literally set up his tent among us. Here's how Eugene Peterson in the marriage paraphrase said it. He said, the word became flesh and blood. And I love this. And he moved into the neighborhood. He bought a house on the street with us. He's in the cul-de-sac where we live. Like Jesus came to live among us. And how he came was he came as a baby at Christmas. He could have come a lot of different ways, but that's how he came. So what I want to just offer us is a couple of visual images of how he came and how he made his dwelling among us, how he moved into the neighborhood with us. So the first visual picture um, starts with the acknowledgement that most, if not all of us, are going to be around kids at Christmas. Whether or not you have kids, you're probably going to be at some type of family or friend event where there's going to be kids around. So most of us are going to have an opportunity to play with kids at some point this Christmas season. And there's a couple of approaches to playing with kids. Well, what you can do is you can sit like I am in a chair and they can get in the floor. And and look, I've got some toys here. And so they could play with their toys while you sit in the chair and you could just watch. Or you can do this. You can get down in the floor with them. And you can actually, like, here's some Lincoln Logs. You can get here and you can say, all right, guys, let's build some stuff. And and how do you want to build it? And you can begin to build with them and say, hey, here's how you do it. And, and hey, what what do you want to build? And and what's going on? I mean, it's a totally different experience to be down here all kind of folded up and playing with stuff and working through it than it is to be an observer up in the chair. And this is the picture of how God came to be with us. We do not have a God who's sat up in heaven or sat at a distance and just observed us, we have a God who became a baby and he got down into the muck and mire. He is involved in our lives. He wants to be with us so much that here's the image of God and the image of Jesus coming, that he's the God who plays in the floor with us. This is where he's at. He's down here with us. So this Christmas season, every time you see an adult get down on the floor and playing with kids, parents, every time we do this, remember, this is how God is with us. Just this little distance from the chair to the floor, he won't even tolerate that distance. He wants to be with us so bad that he's down here. So this is how bad God wants to be with us. And then there's one more image that I want to give you, and maybe we can build something later, some Lincoln Logs. And so the other image that I want to give you actually comes from vacation. Earlier this semester, we had the privilege of just going to the beach. We love the beach. And we got to go with Cody and Hannah. They're some of our best friends. And Cody's our worship pastor and with their kids. And at that time, Jackson was three. He's four now. And and Oliver's four. And one day I just went out into the ocean to play with Oliver and Jackson. And as I was playing with them, I thought... I'm going to get down on their level. So what I did is I just got on my knees in the ocean and and I began to see the ocean 
from their perspective. Because when I got down like this, I realized, man, I'm actually at eye level with both Oliver and Jackson. And let me tell you something, I'm not very tall, but, but even at about five foot nine, from up here, the, the waves, they look pretty small. And again, like I'm not Tom Bowler. If you know Tom Bowler, Tom's really tall. I'm not that high up, but the waves look kind of small. But when I got on my knees, and when I saw the ocean from the perspective of a three and a four-year-old, I'm like, that wave looks huge. And I want you to know that this is what God does for us. God doesn't just stay up here and look down on our problems. No, how Jesus came and dwelt among us as he entered the world as a baby who grew up, which means that he saw the world from our perspective. That he knows what it's like to be a baby and be four years old and be eight years old and be 12 years old. And and, and Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15 really captured this. The author of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So Jesus and who he is, let us us hold firmly to our faith. And here's the key, here's why. For we do not have a high priest, here's the key, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. What does that mean? It means that Jesus has faced all the temptations we face, but it's also revealing a bigger principle that Jesus has walked the world from our point of view. I wrote some things to help us really Grasp this. And I'm staying on my knees to continue to illustrate what I learned just from being at Oliver and Jackson's level. So Jesus knows what it's like to be a little helpless baby crying at night and unable to comfort himself until his mama comes in to feed him. That that Jesus knows what it's like to need his parents to help him use the restroom and button his pants. Toddlers, he knows what it's like to be a toddler. I can't button my pants by myself. He knows what that's like. Middle schoolers and high schoolers know this. He's experienced the confusing hormones of middle school and the clicks and the grouping and the in and out. And, and you're in this group, but you're not in this group. And he knows all of that about high school. He knows what it's like to be a young man facing all kinds of temptations and, and, and for all you young people out there, young adults, he knows what it's like to be trying to start his career as he was trying to start his career as a carpenter. He's experienced changing jobs when his family thinks he's crazy as he went into full-time ministry. He's known the joy of sharing memories with his best friends and the sting of betrayal from a close friend. He's mourned the death of close friends. He's endured the critique of those in power. He knows the deep pain of injustice as he suffered and sacrificed his life for us, the innocent for the guilty. He died on the cross in a way that's comparable to unlawful torture. He knows that pain. And he knows the power of resurrection as he rose from the dead and conquered death. He knows what it's like to offer forgiveness and restoration to someone who has wronged him as he offered that to Peter who had betrayed him. And he's gone through all of us to prove just how much he desires us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. It's so powerful to think about him seeing the world from our perspective. So, so this Christmas, practically, sometime when you're talking to a kid, get down on their level. Do this. Look them in the eye 
and then only look them in the eye. Take a moment, look around. See how big everything looks from down here. (laughs) See the world from their perspective. And remember, that's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for me. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So clearly, God wants to be with us. God wants to spend time with us. So let's spend time with him. So, so here's the action. A challenge for us to do sometime this Christmas season. And look, I get it. You may not be able to do this action today. You may not be able to do it tomorrow with the busy slate that you've all got planned. But a lot of us are going to have a day off or a few days off. So I'd encourage you to go ahead and, and, and begin to schedule this and plan when you're going to do this. So, so here's the action. I'll, I'll just get to it. It's this. Do something you love with Jesus. Do something you love with Jesus. How do we respond to his name, Emmanuel, God with us? How do we respond to the fact that he desires us so much is we spend time with him. And a really fun and practical way to do this is to do something you love with Jesus. So, so kids, if you're watching this, maybe it's as simple as when you're playing with your toys, you just say something like, Jesus, you just play with me. Just recognizing that He loves that you're playing. He's laughing and watching you. And he is enjoying that moment with you. Here's another just simple thing for all of us to have an awareness of. That when we're opening presents and wrapping, unwrapping things, and there's laughter and smile all around, and we're drinking coffee and eggnog and all these things, and just having a blast with our family, he's there with us. If we follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He is with us and He is loving it and laughing and having a great time just like we are because He wants to be with us. So, so here's some really practical examples of how you can do something you love with Jesus. That's just kind of that awareness. But, but if you like to hike, what would it look like just to, to go on a hike with Jesus? To, to, to just go out in nature and say, man, I'm actually going to do this by myself. Now tell somebody where you're going. Be safe. Come on, you know, like, Duh, use common sense. But say, I'm just going to go out here and I'm just going to enjoy this beautiful creation. And when I see something beautiful that just captures my eye, I'm just going to say, thank you, Jesus, for that beauty. Thank you, Jesus, for that animal or that tree or, or this rock and how I did and this mountain, whatever it is, just to be with him. Before I go on, I do want to give a caveat. We shouldn't feel pressured as we do this. Because if we're doing something we love with Jesus, at some point our minds are going to wonder, that's okay. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit guiding our minds to wonder and just letting us just enjoy being in His presence. And if you're like, oh, Jesus, I'm still over Jesus, thank you for whatever your mind wondered to. Just thank Him for it and then just keep talking to Him. So do you like to paint? Maybe it's just taking some time and turning on some worship music and just painting. Or maybe it's the stillness of a, of a room and you're turning off the music you normally listen to and And you're just going to say, Jesus, I'm going to paint with you today. Maybe you love a good cup of coffee. So it's saying, hey, I'm going to go to to Bon Life or Starbucks or Koi Coffee or or someplace in Chattanooga. I'm just going to go to my favorite coffee shop. I'm going to order my favorite coffee. I'm going to open my Bible. And man, I'm just going to sip that coffee. I'm going to smell it. And I'm just going to read the word. And I'm just going to be in his presence doing something I love. I, I know for me, it's running. I love to run. 
And so I just love going on a run with Jesus and just praying and talking with Him. Maybe you love working with your hands. So you're going to go out to your workshop and, and instead of having the music you normally listen to or, or whatever it is you normally do, maybe you turn on some worship music or maybe it's just stillness and you're just saying, hey, Jesus, you were a carpenter. You worked with your hands. And there's some uh, discrepancy about exactly how he worked with his hands and what that meant. But, but he worked with his hands in some way. So Jesus, I'm working with my hands. Man, I just want to be with you. Would you just find something you love and do it with Jesus because he loved to be with you. And just a Special word to middle school and high school students as we begin to wrap up. If you're of that age, I wish I had known this at your age. Like I knew I needed to read my Bible. I knew I needed to pray, but I didn't realize how much he just desired to be with me. I didn't really fully know him as Emmanuel, God with me. So man, if you could grasp this at your age, your relationship with him is just going to have a richness that it took me a while. I was in college before I developed that. And I would love for you to be able to taste and experience that, that richness of just doing something you love with Jesus at, at 13 or 16 or whatever age you are. So this Christmas season, the gift of Jesus reveals that one of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. So let's be with him. And if you have any questions about what it means to follow Jesus. You realize, well, I can't, I don't even know how to be with him because I've never surrendered like you talked about earlier. And shoot us an email, prayer at publicchurch.com. Talk with someone in your family who follows Jesus. I'm sure that they would love, or one of your friends, I'm sure they would love to have a conversation with you about what it means to follow Jesus. So let's recognize that Jesus is Emmanuel and let's be with him. Jesus, I just ask that you would specifically speak to everyone listening and watching. Bring to mind something they love and help them to schedule time to do that thing they love with you. And as we all do that, I pray that we would just experience that, that depth and richness of knowing that you're just smiling and having a great time right there with us. Thank you for being Emmanuel. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hi, Public Church family. My name is Mitchell Hartley, and I'm the Technical and Creative Director here at Public Church. We want to take this time to let you know about a few things coming up at Public. Next week, we will be online only to practice our annual rhythm of rest. This not only gives our public teammates the opportunity, but also our staff the opportunity to practice well rest. You can join us at 9.30 a.m. on our YouTube for the special talk, or you can watch it on demand anytime after that. As we look to the new year, there will be so many exciting things coming up in the month of January. Starting January 7th, we'll be back to our normal gathering times at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. January 7th also starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. There will be many opportunities for us to come together as a church family during this 21 days. This includes prayer gatherings, our Connect and Serve Expo, and our night of worship at the end of the month. We hope you can join us for this special time. Proverbs 11.25 says the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We know it's difficult during this holiday season to take time to maybe be generous and to take time to be refreshed with all the hustle and bustle. But we know that because Christ gave his life and we are refreshed through him, we also have the opportunity to help refresh others through our own generosity. Don't miss what he is doing this season and what you're able to do with your generosity this season. Again, we are honored and thankful that you would join us for our Christmas Eve gathering. We'll see you next time.